of pineapple upside down cake. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Uh, I bet that's a good cake for so a uh, Stranger Things party. Yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Apparently not. All right. Uh, anyway, uh, welcome. <laughs> Uh, welcome to Screen Fix, your weekly fix for movie, TV news, and reviews, and whatever we want to talk about in that sphere or realm. Colonel Mustachio, how was your weekend? Did you do anything movie, TV related? If not, I mean, did you do anything interesting? Listening to soundtrack of Fellowship of the Ring and Jurassic Park, my personal favorite, while cooking today, and then uh, other stuff was Christmas party for the business and hanging out with family and... Yeah. Do you like listening? Do you like really listening to stuff. scores? Because I love, I love listening oh, to movie yeah. scores. In fact, I think we're gonna, I think we're gonna make a screen fix movie scores playlist on Spotify. Oh yeah. Yep. Uh, <laughs> that people can find. I have a couple. I've got my top uh, few tracks of all time. Maybe we'll go ahead and make. And yeah, composers. maybe we'll go ahead and make the the playlist, and then we'll uh, talk about it next time. I like it, and Katie. <laughs> Let's do so, it. Lady Juan Kenobi. Uh, yeah. <laughs> how was your weekend? Do you anything movie, screen related, blah blah? Yes, yes. I had a great weekend. A couple of holiday parties, and then came home from one very, very late at night, and fell asleep while watching Attack of the Clones. So that counts. That that sounds normal. <laughs> that sounds about normal. I think that's what the prequels are good for. <laughs> Uh, they're good for like popping on while you're vacuuming. Yeah, yeah. And, they're all <laughs> have on in the or distance. while you want to fall asleep. Yeah, mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. You just eat some pizza, fall asleep, and um, I don't know, it, it works. They're all so all of the Star Wars movies have been on. T- I think it's TNT this weekend, so I'm DVRing them all so that I can watch all the way leading up till Thursday. In anticipation of Last Jedi. Jedi. Yes. Well, the, that Can't leads wait. us right into our first topic. So Last Jedi premiered on Saturday. And of course, you can always only take these things with a grain of salt because at these premieres, of course, it's a big to do. They've got the red carpet. You have to be, you know, like invited to go to the thing. Uh, I'm sure there's swag and I'm sure you get all swept (laughs) up in seeing Mark Hamill, you know, in his in all of his glory. Uh, and you know Daisy Ridley and the rest of them, and you're all like, your eyes become like uh, the anime eyes, where it's just like those three white ovals in your eyeball, and you're just, you know, you know. What I mean? So anyway, so far, <laughs> that's exactly what it's like. So far, the reactions that it's have, like we were there. Yeah, so so far, the reactions coming out on Twitter are, you know, of course they're overwhelmingly positive, but like we said, we have to temper those because every time they do one of these screenings, the reactions are overwhelmingly positive. But let's go ahead and uh, go through a couple of the initial reactions. We've got, uh, let's just read some. I'm not going to read who they're from. Uh, I should. Should I give these people credit or no? Should I say fuck them? I... <laughs> <laughs> anyway, Jermaine uh, Lucier says that Star Wars The Last Jedi is everything. Intense, funny, emotional, exciting. It's jam-packed with absolutely jaw-dropping moments, and I loved it so, so much. I'm still shaking. <laughs> Somebody's looking to make the TV spot where they get oh, yeah, yeah. like in the graphics. Oh, yeah. He's working on that angle. Yeah. 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 Oh, yeah. I figured like yeah. that's like grand Shangri-La of being a critic is making the like <laughs> commercial that comes on during Thursday night football. So anyway, so, uh, so, so he's still shaking. Uh, I really think that he should first go to the bathroom. He, he needs to go to the bathroom. <laughs> so anyways, here we go. The next one. Okay. Ready? Okay. <clears throat> this is from Perry <laughs> Nemiroff. Star Wars, the last Jedi floored me. Ryan Johnson and the team nail so much thrills, laughs, heart, and most of all, pushing the character's overall franchise a major step forward. Some really rich material to explore in the future. Can't wait for more. Connor Schwerdfeger says, yes, 
says, I just saw Star Wars The Last Jedi, and holy hell is it a masterpiece in a lot of insane ways. <laughs> I think the standout factor yes. is Ryan Johnson's A-plus direction. There has never been a Star Wars movie like this. <laughs> Eric Davis says, cannot overstate just how gorgeous this film is. I salute you, Ryan Johnson. Some of these shots are all-timers, and then some. I don't know what that means. Yeah, really. <laughs> it sounds good, though. What does that yeah. mean? Like, <laughs> I like, I like and then some. Like, couldn't he have just stopped? <laughs> no, because gorgeous. is there like is is there like is there really more than some of these shots are all timers? Like, what's and then some? Like, oh no. Right, so anyway, let's. It's not as simple as it just wowed yeah. me. Yeah, you know, right. let's keep going. More. All right. Josh Horowitz says. The Last Jedi has more Goosebumps moments than any Star Wars movie I can remember. I was grinning for most of the two and a half hours. A worthy and great Star Wars film. The franchise is in great hands. Kudos to Ryan Johnson. Yeah. That's a good one. Here's here's what I like. Adam F. Goldberg. I chose Holy Balls. Ryan crushes it. Dear God, I hope I pick this tweet. It means The Last Jedi made me feel like a kid again. Hells yeah. <laughs> Is that Adam Gold- Goldberg, the actor? That's that's a great spot to get him on. I mean, if he's reviewing your, your film, that's a, that's a good one. Here's uh, a girl that I actually watch her, her, her YouTubes. She was also the host. I don't know if she still is, whatever. The host of Millennial Falcon. This is Jenny Nicholson. Jenny Nicholson says, that movie was everything. Jenny Nicholson's okay. young, probably a little less that's articulate. The best thing a millennial can say. Right. I mean, about yeah, anything. exactly. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> that's, that's yeah, the tops. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. That's yeah. powerful yeah. Then she props, <laughs> Then she Instagrammed a picture of her popcorn. Yeah. I, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> popcorn selfie. Uh, let me see. Is there anything else good? All right. Let's look at something. Okay. How about one that's not overwhelmingly positive? Here we go. Scott Mance. Scott Mance says, The Last Jedi. A little too long and dragged in the middle, but great fun overall. As good as the fork away, f- the, the fork, Ooh, the critic. fork away. It's a, it's a <laughs> cooking fork. parody. It's the a cooking parody. Uh, there's going to be, there's going to be some kind of yes. porg cookbook called The Fork Awakens. All right, here we go. The Last Jedi. A little too long and dragged in the middle. But great fun overall. As good as The Force Awakens, Rogue One is better. More humor than expected. <laughs> great Star Wars moments. Mark Hamill is awesome. A worthy like you... episode eight. <laughs> I feel like you nailed his expressions the whole time. <laughs> Getting pretty good at sounding like fanboy reviews. All right, here we go. <laughs> What's another like negative-ish one? Because there's 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 so many that are like this is the best, and there's not that many. Hold on, let me get some more honest ones here. There's one more that's kind of honest, I think. Let me see. Adrenaline high, overwhelmed. No, those aren't it. Not enough words. No, that's not it either. Uh, uh, gorgeous. No, no. Gripping. No, that's no. Uh, oh, here we go. Connor Schwerderberger, who we already read one of his good <laughs> good reviews, follows it up with follows up with this. So Schwerderberger says, to be clear, Star Wars The Last Jedi has some story and character issues. It's a little overcrowded and wastes some of the characters, but those are really minor quibbles in the grand scheme of how much I liked it. First of all, how are those minor, minor quibbles? Sto- yeah, just Quibbles. hold on a second. Has story and character issues. It's overcrowded and wastes some characters. Ah, but those are just minor quibbles because Star Wars. I have, I just have a few quibbles about it. It's, it's going to be good. Oh, so is that Connor Schwerdenberger? Is that how he talks? Okay. <coughs> Is he from no. Oslo? Yeah, it's from Norway. <laughs> I am Connor Schwarzenegger from Norway. Listen, the movie has some minor quibble, <laughs> but Star Wars and no. What can you gather about the film from all of this? Can we gather anything at all? Like, should we pay attention to the negative ones and not pay so much attention to the giddy, happy ones from people that sat at this premiere and were all swept up in the hype and the 
probably tchotchkes they got and letting John Boyega sign their nipple. I don't know what, what these dudes are doing. So, like, <laughs> like yeah, what can I mean, we really I feel take? like there's going to be a little bit of, like, getting swept up in the excitement for it, yes. I mean, obviously we're going to have that, but as far as the critical ones, talking about the waste of characters, some of these are just a little bit hard to interpret. Yeah. You know, we don't want to read into them too much because there's been expectations, you know, not met on some of these people, but, you know, those were minor, like the quibbles. So (laughs) you can still expect really good things. The trouble with quibbles. Yeah. They, um, they're saying as, uh, as much as they can because, they're not allowed to say too much at this point. Hold on. I'm like, I'm like hiccuping slash burping at the same time. It's really weird. My whole body's being mm-hmm. torn in many different directions. Hold on one second. I can't Sounds wait. Disastrous. I can't wait for you to hear okay. this over and over again. Right. It's it's going to be amazing. So anyway. <laughs> so yeah. Um, <laughs> after many so, sighs uh, slash yawns slash burps, a lot of praise for Mark Hamill. And a lot of them say that there's some kind of twist that is so amazing or so challenging to the viewer that they're still trying to like process it. Uh, and of course, these are just the uh, reviews are not allowed to happen until Tuesday. But the but you know these kind of early reactions are allowed to be um, online now. So. They're not, they're not allowed to give anything away from a story standpoint. They're just like kind of like initial reactions. Mm-hmm. Do these reactions make you feel better about the film if you had any doubts? Because I wasn't sure, to be honest, whether I was going to like it or not. I, uh, I remember that like uh, Mark Hamill had expressed his... He said more than once that he at first was not pleased with what Ryan Johnson had done with his character. So mm-hmm. I'm guessing that some of the shock... Uh, that people are experiencing with this has to do with his character probably i don't know maybe luke dies maybe luke the last jedi is luke you know and i don't know if that means that he remains as the last one and he's got to kill the remaining jedi or if that means that he himself is the last jedi that dies or maybe he's like the last samurai like Tom Cruise's Last Samurai. Is he going to go out in like a Last Jedi? Yes, here there's like, right. Yeah, yeah, like out. a Last Jedi blaze of glory where he doesn't belong. Like if he was the head of like a bunch of like <laughs> Chewbacca's and then they call him like the last Wookiee. I'm, I'm hoping one of those like Star Wars, like a Star Wars story spinoffs is called The Last Wookiee. <laughs> uh, anyway, uh, how do you feel? Uh, Katie, does this like alleviate any doubts that you had or is this on par do you even trust this what do you think i am unaffected by the first reactions honestly i felt like hearing that before this movie even comes out before that they said ryan johnson you get to make your own trilogy that to me says this is going to be great and i already have tickets to see it thursday night and friday night so i already know i'm going to want to see it again immediately um yeah, so there's honestly pretty much nothing could come out of these first screenings that would change how I'm going to go into this, which is super, super excited. What if you're too uh, overcome with emotion from Thursday and you have to skip Friday? I mean, I... <laughs> <laughs> what if you I, are uh... curled into a ball Friday morning and you can't be <laughs> coaxed out even with like waffles? <laughs> I I don't know. I'm uh, I'm tr- gonna try to not talk to a lot of people on Friday. I already have that planned out because not everyone I know is seeing it Thursday mm-hmm. night, and so I'm like forbidden to speak to anybody. But I hope a lot of the people I'm seeing it with Friday night hadn't haven't seen it on Thursday, and so I can like listen to first reactions again, and it won't be my first reaction. I'll kind of feel more important than them. <laughs> That's ultimately what we want with these big tentpole films is to be first and then like lord secret knowledge over people. <laughs> uh yeah. yeah. Yeah, I mean you got to take those with a grain of salt. I feel good about these. You know, because you can hear a lot of those little tweets and they're like this is great, but to hear some of them say like mind-blowing, blown away, still trying to process like that just makes me feel like I'm going to walk into this movie and some shit is going to go down that makes me 
walk out of that film different than I came in. And I know that sounds cheesy, but Star Wars was a big part of my young life. Like, I can't avoid that. (laughs) Star Wars makes me weirdly emotional, and I don't get it. I'm not proud of it. Like, you know, like, like I'm not proud of it. I I don't understand why, but I'm, like, invested in this Luke Skywalker guy that I knew as a Mm five-year-old. Do you feel like there's a lot of things that you would want to ask Luke Skywalker when you (laughs) with the fact that we're seeing I just want to know what he smells like when I hug him (laughs) (laughs) like okay okay, Greg Greg, what does what does Luke Skywalker's hug what does older Luke Skywalker's hug feel like what does it smell like it's gritty Um, you can tell that he's harnessed the power of a good hug for a long time because he hasn't gotten to hug anyone And, and 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 so the smells that you're gonna like just be encompassed with uh, salt, like for one, because you're on that island and it's just windswept, and then you're also gonna you're gonna smell a bit of musk because you know force musk. He's been having to he's been having to float shit around for a long time, so he's been sweating his ass off. Right. Yeah, so Good. it's a little musky, but it's just like uh, an uncle you haven't seen in a right. long time. Except this one can uh, can move mountains. Yeah. All right, um, Katie, what's uh, older Luke Skywalker's hug feel like and smell like? <laughs> um, I, I got to agree with Salty. You know, he's been out there in that, that ocean breeze, for sure Salty, and probably Rusty. You know, he's got that one metal hand. He's got to be a little oh, Rusty. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So I'm going to say yeah, like, like a claw machine at the beach hugging you. Yeah. That's what I got. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's pretty good. I think he smells like, like, I don't know. You know, someone once asked me what Charlton Heston's hug smelled like, and I once said like leather and gunpowder. <laughs> but Luke Skywalker. I but I don't really think that. I think Luke Skywalker's smells like like a little bit of a little bit of that force musk. And, uh, <laughs> but I think yep. he also smells like a little bit like sardines, but not in a bad way. Like, like a nice, pleasant <laughs> like sardine. It's the only thing right. Just like a, what's the good way to smell like sardines? Uh, you know, just that like, <laughs> like you cleaned it off of you, uh, but it's still that like, <laughs> that's honestly worse. That like your great uncle was a fisherman, you know, and he's washed his hands 20 times, but there's still a little bit of fish on him. <laughs> it never right. goes away. <laughs> Anyway, oh, I don't think that's but good. I also feel like, <laughs> but I also feel like when you hug him, you get like, like a subconscious blast of that like green Death Star laser, but like full of love because just one look from Luke and my, my force shields down <laughs> force. and he's just going to blow me up with his love laser. That's, <laughs> <laughs> that's, <laughs> This episode is real weird. (laughs) Oh, yeah. (laughs) All right. So let's move on to something that's not Disney at all. Well, this is still Disney. What do you think about Disney is like (laughs) Disney's actually finalizing this deal for Fox, it looks like. So Disney is going to actually own Fox. I know I've had a couple discussions with Katie about this actually already. Katie is anti Mm -hmm. this kind of big company (laughs) deal. I don't know how I feel about it yet. I like that because my little narrow mind thinks of it just from like a oh X Men can be with can be with mm-hmm. Captain America mm-hmm. now and fa- yeah, there's that. Deadpool. And also, I like the idea that now the Avatar because also there's other things that are not Marvel. Like Avatar would go to them, and they already mm-hmm. have Avatar World in animal kingdom so they've already got so so now they'll 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 already own things that they already have rides for and lands for and whatnot there's a few other things that are kind of like properties that i would be glad to see under the tutelage not the tutelage under the you know under the umbrella of of a competent you know studio Mm -hmm. whereas i don't know if if fox is a 100 percent competent studio um they're definitely not they're not as bad as sony (laughs) <laughs> but they're not, you know, they're not as 
they're not doing as well as uh, Buena Vista or Universal. And of course, they would still keep their their uh, TV stuff. They would still keep Fox News and that type of thing. But yeah, and Disney. Wait, wait, let's see if Disney buys them. I mean, it's saying that Disney will now have like forty percent of the yearly market. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So for I'm I'm I'm. Yeah. That's, I mean, that's a lot. That's a big shift in the entertainment business. It's mm-hmm. speculated like um, that they could also adjust ticket prices. They could adjust, you know, how much the studio draws in and then how much, you know, autonomy one, you know, a movie production power can have. Mm-hmm. And I mean, that just kind of makes me think like we're, we're shifting towards like the Ready Player One days. It's, <laughs> hey, we're not talking about Ready Player One yet. Yeah. You can't just skip ahead. Oh, oh yes, yes. Oh, yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll <laughs> get kidding. there. We'll get there. We'll talk about that one next. But <laughs> all right, so go ahead. So yeah, you feel like we're just heading towards like Ready Player One, where every IP is just mixed and anybody can be in anybody's movie because one company yeah, owns yeah. the whole thing. Is that is that is that what you're saying? Yeah, yeah. Like like it's now that it's a, instead of the Magic Kingdom, it's going to become the Oasis. It's going to become like this conglomerate of production power, but. I mean, I'm not too afraid of that. I mean, stuff like that goes on all the time, but this is pretty big, you know. Just the fact that we can see X-Men and Fantastic Four, you know, uh, hanging out with the whole like it, I don't know. To me, it's it's yeah, like from what I've read, it's it's a little bit more to think about and a little bit more to be afraid of just at the fact that there's so much that's at stake, but you know, Disney's doing it whether we want it or not. So it's happening. Ready Player One. One of the things that I've heard that was holding the deal up for a little while was Disney and, and Fox were trying to figure out what to do if the government pulled like an antitrust kind of antitrust. Mm-hmm. Is that what it is? Yeah, antitrust. I feel like that's where your mind is, Katie. Do you want to talk to us a bit about that? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I've been reading articles on this in not the movie places so i'm reading about it like with forbes and basically the number one reason why it's not done right now is because it might not be legal so everybody wants to do it but it really honestly might not be legal and there's a reason for that so um i don't like the idea that it's already just the movies that we get now are so driven by such a small group of studios like there's more than five studios but most everything big comes from the same places over and over. And now you're going to combine two together. I just don't like how much power it gives one. And I know there's all the nice stuff about like bringing characters together that you couldn't do if they're not owned by the same companies. But I don't know. I just, I, I don't think it's a good idea. And if there's so many things that they're buying the rights to, how is anything new ever going to get made if they just keep buying the rights to other things that have already been mm-hmm. done? Like, where where's the new IP? Like, let's, let's get something new out there. And that's not going to be done by consolidating studios. So I don't yeah. like it. Well, I don't like it at all. I mean, Disney, I think, does an okay job with new things uh like coming up with like a movie like moana i don't know and i think it's been proven in the last couple years that when somebody does try to do something that's original audiences kind of there's a small audience for it that loves it but the larger audience does not really go for it and it's a little bit sad maybe I think that's just the world we live in. There's there's a reason why studios grasp at these IPs that are already known and mm-hmm. it's not it's because they are money driven and they know that that's where the money is and that's where your most of your audiences are going to gravitate towards those something that they know mm-hmm. i don't know i don't know that if you can fault these studios too much i mean used to be back in the day that like one really bad bomb could kill a studio we'll see we'll see what happens with it i'm just always going to be anti media consolidation i don't like it so we'll see what happens if if it passes um yeah if it passes through antitrust laws then it's really okay then it's really okay and you know then maybe i'm overestimating the reach that this deal will have but as it stands right now it, it's not done because it might not be legal so we'll see yeah man the mouse disney <laughs> <laughs> i don't know what the heck I'm yeah all right so let's move on uh this is something probably near and dear to mustachio um so so apparently uh tarantino has apparently expressed his interest in directing star trek 
with J.J. Abrams uh, producing. And even Sir Patrick Stewart has expressed interest in joining mm. that cast as well. So Greg is our current Tarantino file. Tarantino directing Star mm. Trek. Give us your give us your hot take. Oh man, I'm I'm kind of torn. My my love for what he produces, his dialogue, his violence meets, you know, this certain level of morality and good versus evil. Um, for something like that, that's kind of art to me of his and him moving into something bigger box office, co-production, co-writing you know, developments that he wouldn't have as much autonomy because it's not really his art. It's something else. Uh I feel like there could be a good collaboration. J.J. Abrams is basically Mr. Fan Service. And it's (laughs) like you're you're combining Mr. Fan Service with Tarantino, who's who's basically like Mr. Movie Fan. But it's Mm -hmm. like... It's an interesting duo, I mean, to say the least, because we've come to love J.J. Abrams for what he can create, but also Tarantino is just a whole other topic of conversation. And the fact that they're merging means that he's setting aside a lot of his thoughts on where his, you know, developments, where his writing and where his movies want to go. I, I love his movies. I feel like with his love for comic books and for his love for things that are deviated outside of just the American cinema going audience, his love for foreign films, his, his just everything that he writes. I feel like with him in Star Trek. It's, it, he gets to be a fanboy in this environment, and something tells me that he could do really good things with this. And I mean, hell, we, we might even see, you know, a Mexican standoff in, in Star Trek. How, how amazing! A Romulan standoff. <laughs> yes, yes, the the last of the Romulans. Right, so, so we're gonna have a Romulan standoff, and uh, <laughs> yeah, it's like having the ultimate film fanboy with the ultimate yeah. film fan service director. Cinephile. Yeah, but he's like the cinephile version of like a fanboy. And he's and he's he's outright candid and forthright about what what he would like to see, you know, so that's mm-hmm. that's kind of like the fanboy that, that is willing to say anything because he knows what, what he likes and he knows what's true artistry. Girl, you'll be a Vulcan soon. Boom, 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 boom. <laughs> <laughs> Stupid. That's really <laughs> dumb. All right. So, yeah, I mean, uh, I'm pretty yeah. – I don't know what to make of this because, you know, like when Tarantino – because Tarantino basically does nothing but direct versions of other people's stuff. I and mean, he mm-hmm. he borrows yep. heavily from so many other uh, directors and stories. And then when yeah. he wasn't just putting one together piecemeal, he took uh, Elmore Leonard's Jackie Brown, which but that seemed to fit his – aesthetic at that time which is like underbelly of society kind of film but now he's taking someone else's work and this is on another level because jackie brown doesn't have diehard fans there's no brownies but (laughs) star but 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 star trek has trekkies and they're gonna be holding this film to a standard and you know what the thing is like he pulls from these obscure films and only like Mm -hmm. You know, indie nerds are like, ooh, well, he took this and blah. Now he's doing something that's so famous, so, so popular that we're really going to be able to see his chops for real. Like, can he take something that is beloved and piece it together and Tarantino it and take bits and pieces from other Star Trek episodes he likes in a, a way that's satisfying for not just Tarantino's penis, but for... But for Trekkies. <laughs> not just. Not to mean he'll deliver if he's given the, the right kind of co-production and co-development mm-hmm. kind of power. Speaking of playing in other people's sandboxes, the newest Ready Player One trailer came out. And let's talk about Spielberg mm. being able to borrow from all kinds of other people's sandboxes. Uh, did you watch the trailer? Did everybody watch the trailer? What are your trailer reactions for that one? Because that's going to be a big film uh, next year. Yes. The book was huge. I read the book. I think the book's fine. Um, it was a fun, quick airplane read for me. I didn't put it down and go, wow, that was, oh my God, I need to read that again or anything. I put it down and went, all right, there's some interesting okay. you know, fiction right. of, of a nerd. I, uh, after watching that, because there was the Ready Player One teaser. I didn't like that very much. But this Ready Player One trailer looks much, much better. It looks like they're getting further along with the effect shots. And they really gave us something that was a little bit more uh, exciting. Do you have any thoughts on it? Because I know you all watched it. Yeah, um, I didn't read the book. I don't plan on reading the book because, JC, that was not a ringing endorsement. (laughs) 
Um, <laughs> it doesn't sound like I'm missing anything. Um, no, I mean, I saw the original, um, I guess it was a teaser trailer, and I was like, oh, I don't think I want any part of this. And then I saw the full trailer, and I was like, shit, okay, I'm going to have to see this. Um, I don't know if I'm going to like it, but I'm going to go see it because I can't ignore anything that will show me even two seconds of the DeLorean. Like, I'd walk into traffic if I saw a DeLorean. Like, I I have to. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Racing, racing, doing a fishtail through, you know, this dystopian city. Yeah. Yeah, right right next to the Acura <laughs> motorcycle. Yes. Yeah, that just, it gets our gears going. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm, I'm excited for it. I mean, it, like, especially with the, the Van Halen, wow, jump. Yeah, yeah. I mean... I've got a special yeah. place in my heart for I mean, some Van Halen. Trailers <laughs> have been doing a, a a good job. I'm I'm hoping that like like dour indie remake of some popular song from the 80s goes goes by the wayside, and just playing the fucking 80s song <laughs> comes back into it because this has been great. Like yeah, Slow down well there was like version. Bohemian Rhapsody with the uh, the Suicide Squad trailer, and this one with mm-hmm. Jump just blew the lid off of this trailer and made me excited for it did it make you jump it literally made me jump and wear spandex and do a split <laughs> in the it air might as well just like might as well jump. Roth. yeah uh, <laughs> yeah yeah because i'm always wearing spandex when i'm not out in public <laughs> yeah i mean the ready player one looks very exciting i'm i'm very excited about it i mean spielberg is now tapping into the zeitgeist of of our you know attention spans and and where you know where we kind of see you know this like the, our fears where our fears are is you know being now in this Gattaca like you know cyber system where we're we're all just video gaming and it's like what, does is Disney own everything now what's going on yeah what's uh, what's see what I'm saying well that's that's funny because you know <laughs> like we do live right now in an everything all at once all the time period and yeah. You're actually right. Like this movie is like the zeitgeist of that, like an adventure where somebody's plugging in to a world where it doesn't matter what the IP is, doesn't matter what platform it is. You're you can get anything, and mm-hmm. that's an interesting um, analysis of that, Mister Mister Mustachio. Well, the, the trailer, the tra- <laughs> thank you. The trailer kind of gave us a little bit more understanding of the storyline, or at least believedly so. You know, so that's that was something good. Not just the shots, not just oh, like, yeah. the imagery and what we oh, yeah. and see. we get um yeah. uh Mark Rylance, who is apparently gonna be in everything Steven Spielberg makes from now until <laughs> Steven Spielberg stops making right. the most boring man I've ever seen. Aww. <laughs> best the guy best actor. is yes, he won the Oscar <laughs> that year. I was so angry. Okay, every year I have an Oscars party. I have an Oscars party red carpet we should do some kind of some kind of live podcast from an oscars party what do you guys think i'm in like we're definitely gonna live tweet but we should just have an episode which is our live commentary from something like that but i do it every year and i do a contest where we all bet and we have a big giant sheet and we guess the winners and the losers um he beat mark ruffalo because for 1.1 1.1 seconds i thought it was going to be mark ruffalo <laughs> and sly stallone that's right i'm sorry okay no it was mark that's Ra- it first of all yeah if if you saw creed <laughs> sylvester stallone make make he gets makes over you cry in that movie creed is so good and sylvester stallone is is so much better than he's been in years in that movie he's so good and I was just ready. He he already won some other awards. He had a little bit of momentum. He was so good. And I was so ready for him to win that. And then Mark Rylance wins it. The most dry, one note. He's dry. I mean, he can't even make a giant exciting. Like he, 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 he played the, the, yeah, he's, uh, got the, the he's got the delivery of like, he played eight. the BFG yeah. and he's, he can't even make that exciting. Mm-hmm. He's even boring as that. If if yeah, I think it put the little girl asleep <laughs> in the film. Yeah. If you want to go to sleep, certainly put me asleep when I was watching it with my niece. It put me to sleep. I was like, I didn't even know that was Mark Rylance. That's that's why I Mark took a nap. Mark Rylance performing anything is stronger than extra strength Nyquil. It's just, <laughs> in fact, 
<laughs> and it tastes better too. <laughs> yeah, Mark Nylance, Nyquil. I I don't know. I was trying to make that work. <laughs> no. It doesn't work. Anyway, yeah. so uh, yes, so yeah. he's the most boring man I've ever seen, and he's in this too. He 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 plays the guy that uh, um created the the virtual world. I actually forget his name in the mm-hmm. in the book, but he plays the guy that created the world. And I didn't picture him as some is, is as some they, like is that how they go into like this? I just didn't picture him as some like one note, half asleep guy. It just, I mean, is, is that how they go into like that dreamlike video game state? Yes. He's putting them to sleep with his like <laughs> his slow pitch of like what what character they're gonna be, and they want to flip through the menu screen as quickly as possible. It's like, come on, get no, no, no. Skip Why is Mark Rylance in? Oh, but. You're going to Why hear. is he Spielberg's guy right now? Because he knows where the bodies are buried. Yeah. He's got something over on him. Or, alternative theory, Spielberg is holding Mark Rylance hostage <laughs> in his studio. And he's not been able to leave. Oh, Mark Rylance. We'll see. So, anyway. He's got him in his jaws. It's just, All right. you know. Ready, player one. All right, great. So, we've got a few uh, reviews. Uh, I saw Lady Bird, as did Lady Juan Katie. Uh, as we know, as we know, uh, Lady Bird broke the record on Rotten Tomatoes 100 percent and it mm-hmm. has more reviews than the previous mm-hmm. movie, which was yeah, I don't know none of you, Toy, Toy Story which was 2. Toy Story 2 um, mm-hmm. which I think was I cried a lot during that movie as which well. I think was was better maybe than Lady Bird. Um, Lady Bird was great. Uh, Lady Bird, okay, let's just go ahead and uh, get into uh, Lady Bird. Let's just go ahead and say Oscar nomination and Oscar win for uh, Laurie Metcalf. No, very likely. I would mean I I would need to see her competition, but I mean she destroyed me. It was so good. Yeah, I think Laurie Metcalf hands down is your is this year's uh, best supporting actress. Swarcy. Sersha. 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 What? Sersha Ronan. Sersha Ronan. I just had to ask you because you you apparently have like the inside track on on her on pronouncing her name. <laughs> All right, Sersha <laughs> Ronan, mm-hmm. also outstanding. I actually liked the idea mm-hmm. that I noticed where I don't think anyone in this movie was wearing makeup. Did you notice that? That everyone, there was a yeah. lot of like facial uh, blemishes on everyone. And I think I, I noticed mm-hmm. it the most on the uh, uh, the acting teacher. Like he mm-hmm. just looked like, I was like, wow, that man has no makeup on his face. He, he has, he, his whole head is just blemishes. But- yeah. But there was something about that that made the whole film feel natural, personal. Mm-hmm. I really liked that choice of letting and even letting Cer- Cersei Lannister, Shorshi, Cer- <laughs> Sersha Ronan, Sersha Ronan. I, I I actually really liked the idea of showing her with pimples, pockmarks, and uh, mm-hmm. it made the whole thing really believable. And you really are drawn in. You're not watching some like glamorous movie about glamorous people you're watching real people from Mm -hmm. sacramento struggling being very imperfect did it make you sympathize with cersei lannister any (laughs) quite possibly Uh, no all right an off topic all right katie what was the plot of this movie the plot of this movie this is lady bird's senior year of high school and what that is and, and it takes place from 2002 to 2003. So um, I was all about that time frame. That sounded perfect to me. Um, so it was her starting her last year of high school, what she's doing with her life, what she wants to do with her life after high school, and her relationships with her parents, her brother, her friends, everything. It was, I'm still emotionally recovering from this movie. <laughs> It's gonna be a while. <laughs> I was I was a wreck, <laughs> a complete wreck. Yeah. Um. In my theater, and my theater was actually packed uh, when I went. I went on Friday night, nice. and the you know like this is not the first week that it's been out. And sniffles, sniffles everywhere. It? Oh my god! I was this sobbing. Yeah. I was. Yeah. I was sobbing all the way to the car, like, and then halfway home, it was. And, and that was me at the end of the movie stifling my cries so that people wouldn't notice. And then as soon as we were like a couple names up through the credits, I was just like, <gasps> and I just swallowed it and walked out real fast because I was going to <laughs> out loud just like wail if if I stayed in there. So I just swallowed all of my, my tears mm-hmm. and uh, oh my God. But they were just pouring down my face silently crying. Like, Man. Uh, it, it killed me. It's... 
Oh, it, it was so great and it hurt so bad. Like uh, I love Lady it. Bird wow. should win wow. the award for like most mascara lost down people's faces. Like, <gasps> Dude, more ugly cries. You should get the ugly cry. Ugly cry. Yeah. So, um, Katie, did this movie deserve the one? The did it? Uh, this movie deserve the one hundred percent? Um, that's hard to say. I mean, I definitely felt at the beginning. I was watching it, and I was enjoying what I was seeing. I was in for the story. I'm I'm willing to go on this ride, but for kind of the first like 25 minutes or so, I was like, I'm kind of waiting for a thing to happen. And there wasn't like that big punch of some kind of moment that kickstart everything. Mm-hmm. But I guess, I don't know, after a little while of kind of not getting something, something big to happen, I was like, oh yeah, yeah, that that's life. That's kind of how it goes is you're just kind of going through a bunch of little things that add up to a big impact over a longer period of time. So, I mean, I I loved it. I don't know about 100% because I feel like that's a really tough thing to say. Like, there's absolutely nothing that needs changing because I was thinking that in the theater. I was kind of sitting waiting for a thing to happen. But I feel like it perfectly captured that feeling of being so hopeful and so hopeless that is, like, right at the end of high school. And I thought it was wonderful. I don't know. I just thought it was like, you know, there's nothing really bad in it to bash. I mean, the performances are mm-hmm. good. The story is good. It's not, it's not Godfather. Like, it's not Godfather 2. Like, it's not, you know, there there are films better than Lady Bird that probably deserve 100% also, you know. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, Lady Bird in its most base levels, it's just an indie. Like, it's a good indie. It's like a good coming of age indie. It's good. I'm happy that it got the Rotten Tomato rating that it did. There there mm. are better movies than this. I think um, an argument in favor of it is the performances were all great. Outstanding, yes. Like from people who have maybe like four lines the whole movie yeah. to to Lady Bird. Mm-hmm. Like everybody top to bottom like nails it. Even like the, the cool pretty girl friend who yeah. pops in for a while. Like she... Like, I totally believed all yeah. of these people. She's, like, perfect and for me- who she is in that, that movie. Yeah. 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 And Even the I'm dad. probably biased because, oh, the dad was amazing. The, the performance. The brother right. and yep. the girlfriend. Mm-hmm. And, uh, God, everybody was just, yeah. nobody took me out of it even for a second. The priest, the, oh, he made me cry. Mm-hmm. I cried a lot. There was um, a lot of the most, <laughs> the, the most shoehorned in scene, you know, most of it wasn't on the nose until that scene where the brother's sister was outside with Lady Bird and was talking about the mother. Like, your mother's really good. She has a really good heart. She took me in when nobody would. I'm like, ah, that's a little on the nose now. That was the only scene that to me felt unnatural. But other than that, you know, really liked Lady Bird. I I almost wish it didn't have 100% on Rotten Tomatoes so that that's not what we're talking about. I mean, I will talk about this movie forever with anybody who's seen it. Like, I... I don't want to ruin it for anybody who hasn't, but I, it just, things just kept happening in the movie where I kind of felt like I was having this out of body experience. Like, oh, somebody's made a movie that I identify with every single start of it, top to bottom. That's weird. And I'm looking around and there's like, you know, an older woman sitting next to me and I'm kind of looking at her like, where, well, are you the mom in this movie? Is that why you're seeing it? Like, I was just wondering, like, no way everyone is getting this experience that I'm getting. So I could understand not everyone loving it completely, but I just felt like I watched a movie about my life tonight, and I loved it. (laughs) I think Lady Bird's good, but I don't think in five years, Lady, I don't think many people are going to be like owning the movie Lady Bird or watching Lady Bird much. I feel like it's going to be that movie where somebody goes, oh yeah, that movie Lady Bird, that was good. Uh, kind of like the way I feel when I saw Blue Jasmine. I think Blue Jasmine is amazing. Amazing performances by ev- everyone. Emotional, heartbreaking. Kate Blanchett won the Best Actress, Best Actress Oscar. But when I ask most people if they've seen Blue Jasmine, they say no. And when I say, have you ever heard of it? Most of them say no. And I feel like that's mm. and I feel like that's where Lady Bird's going. Mm. I don't know. I think I'm going to hold on to it for a really long time. I really like it. We also, uh, I saw a Disaster Artist as well. So I'm going to give a little review of Disaster Artist. Uh, I saw that, which of course is the movie about the making of The Room. The cult hit The Room. Uh, of course, directed, written, produced starring Tommy Wiseau 
a man who nobody knows where he's from. Nobody knows exactly <laughs> how he got the money to make his movie. They actually say that he got it. There's rumors that he got it from like some like older lady was giving him the money. Who knows why or how, but apparently he had some older lady benefactor somewhere. Who knows? Who knows? But anyway, nobody knows where the money came from. Nobody knows where he's from. He always said that he's from New Orleans. <laughs> But, right. <laughs> but no. uh, yeah, uh, no, probably not. Uh, nobody knows how old he is either. He looks like he's seventy, and in the and and in in the movie he looks sixty. <laughs> he, lo- <laughs> he looks very old. Uh, yeah, a little I mean, bit of makeup. If you've ever seen The Room, it's a frightening display of like you get that movie through sheer force of uh, attrition. You just you're like, okay, I'm gonna watch The Room. Because, you know, I it's one of those, like, m- like midnight movies that people like. And, like, it's, like, fun and it's this cult thing. And you go there and you have your friends and you're like, we're going to watch this cult thing. It's going to be so awesome. We're going to watch this movie so ironically. It's going to be so great. And then 20 minutes in, you're like, this is <laughs> – God, this is – we're really doing this? Like, are we really subjecting ourselves to this? Because this isn't fun. <laughs> because – it's yeah. like the performance is bad because, you know, it's made as a straight drama. There are three super uncomfortable sex scenes in the first 30 minutes where you see like where you <laughs> see everything. You see Gooch and all. It's just <laughs> <laughs> and like it's just uncomfortable people, uncomfortable performances, dragging along plot, plot threads that don't go anywhere performances ranging from pretty good to oh like did they just grab them off of the alley i don't even know like just it's hard to watch the whole thing and and yeah i mean it's Mm -hmm. kind of fun for how weird he is but you never want to sit through the room it's terrible but anyway this so disaster artist is about the making of that and it's pretty funny like for a character as weird and shady as like tommy wiseau they really kind of uh, humanized his character a bit just kind of made him like starving suffering artist human who's like sacrificing it all for his weird vision so they really tried to make him sympathetic which you know who knows maybe he is i don't know he's so bizarre who knows what's going on in tommy Wiseau's head really i don't know uh and of course greg who's a a a real actor who's been in a few things but of course he's best known for the room character was played by uh so james franco plays tommy wiseau and dave franco plays greg one thing about it that i will say that james franco completely disappears in the role of tommy wiseau he's fantastic as tommy wiseau disappears into the character of tommy wiseau and i appreciated that because you could easily just do the whole thing and make a big joke out of it and James Franco found a way to take something as absurd and a human as absurd as Tommy Wiseau. And I, I hate saying that, but Tommy Wiseau is a weird, absurd human being. <laughs> James Franco somehow took that bizarre human human being and made you uh, care about his success and actually in some ways like sympathize with the hardships that he was going through to get it done. Or you like sympathize when his like vision is being compromised and people are fighting with him and yeah, but he's somebody that had a singular vision and that was on display with disaster artist uh, and then disaster artist has like a like who's who of the whole like rogan crew it's got you know james franco dave, uh, dave franco seth rogan it's got zach efron <laughs> you know and a, just a, a whole a whole host of other comedians from it's got the whole uh, how did this get made crew it's got <laughs> paul Shear, jason manzoukas and june diane rayfield so they're all there and um i don't know it's just a good solid uh film i didn't like it as much as uh ladybird i saw them uh back to back pretty much and ladybird was better disaster artist was different disaster artist is good because not because i was so engaged in like the story because the room has been so documented already, but you're there enjoying James. You're you're there to watch James Franco. Like you're enjoying Jay's, James Franco's Tommy Wiseau, and it's wholly enjoyable just on that merit alone. And you're watching a nice movie. Like they don't they don't go to anywhere dark, which I found interesting. They don't go to any dark places. They don't do anything really challenging. It's just a story of this total weirdo making a movie, and that's. <laughs> That's what you get. Like I was, I was almost expecting something a little more dark 
a little more a little stranger but you're getting a pretty straightforward pretty easy to digest tale of one of the weirdest guys mm -hmm. making the worst movie to sit through you've ever tried to sit through and that's disaster artist oh. let's get into our uh final couple of uh juicy juicy things here actually this is our final uh juicy juicy thing is that a new segment juicy juicy things juicy juicy so let's get into that juice juice um the big news this week probably if you're into blockbuster filmmaking is the jurassic world sequel jurassic world 2 fallen kingdom and the trailer came out and go over the uh, trailer what are some of the things that you remember from the trailer uh, they're opening kind of like they're talking in a bar so the characters the love interest bryce dallas howard's character I don't know what are like so it, it looks, what it, are their names? I don't even. He's uh, Owen. Owen, and right? And she's that lady, right? <laughs> do you, I mean? Do you think yeah. like in the did we miss the part in the first movie where he said, "Can I take you out for a beer?" I mean, is that what they're doing? Well, no. So when they first start talking in the first movie, they have some uh, exposition to explain that they've been on a date before and it didn't go well. I mean, we're supposed to kind of get the vibe throughout that movie that, oh, maybe there's a, a chance for them to get back together. Mm -hmm. But so I first watched this. I missed it on Thursday Night Football. I was doing a, a family dinner. So I watched it on YouTube and I had it out on my computer. I'm watching it on YouTube, waiting for it to start. And I thought it was an ad at the start <laughs> like I was waiting for like the skip ad thing to pop up and then Chris Pratt starts talking I was like oh this is the trailer because I just see a bar with a Budweiser sign above the pool table <laughs> and I thought it was a Budweiser ad and that's the first thing I took away from it was that this feels like a beer commercial and then there's a bunch of dinosaurs but I, I really was taken aback. I thought it was a commercial. I mean, I know it is a commercial for the movie, but I didn't think so it had, had started yet. I, no, I tuned it out. I was like, oh, I got to wait for the ad to go. And then they started talking but, oh. and it, that was the trailer. So I really, that just pushed me in the wrong direction to start was the first thing I see is your product placement. And like, it's kind of a kid's movie. I mean, it's not, but kids are going to see it. So... The beer? That's what we're starting with? Okay. I don't... I don't know. Yeah, they're, hey, they're, okay. They're, they're really like, getting like, back to what... Yeah. As someone who just came from a craft brewery that might as well have been a nursery today, mm. <laughs> there must have been 30 I've kids I've been to that one. I've seen a baby brewery. shower in that I brewery. feel... Yeah, I think... I think I think beer is. Is that the yes, target audience? I, we said like uh, uh, taking your kids to a craft brewery and getting hammered is like the new nineteen uh, sixties dad putting his chair back, watching the game, and downing a twelve pack. Like it's like the new cover up for being a bad parent. But anyway, so uh, so so. It, so the trailer starts and they're in a bar and they're obviously not together. So whatever things we felt, you know, like whether we thought they were going to be together or not at the end of the last movie, they're apparently not. Um, mm -hmm. So surprise, surprise. And apparently they need to go back to save the dinosaurs now because there's a volcano. How on earth would that have happened? How, did, how could they have paid him enough to go back? I don't know, but somebody made a, a good point on is like it Ian Malcolm's character like showing up. Is that what is everybody? Uh, I don't know if Wait. they're gonna pay him. There, uh, it sounds like she's trying to appeal to his love of that one raptor named Blue because mm -hmm. she knows Blue is alive, and which makes a little bit of sense because I think all of the dinosaurs were tracked. There is tracking on all of the dinosaurs, yeah. so. She may know that Blue blue's is still got alive. Babies. Well, yeah. I mean, they're going to know that Chris Pratt's the only one that can read the Blue's clues. <laughs> I mean, they're going to need to find that raptor. Yeah. It's going to be somewhere this, on that island. This is a really exciting place. episode of Blue's Clues. Still going to be eating on Vincent D'Onofrio's arm. You know, that thing's probably still yeah, laying right. around somewhere. So, and apparently she's appealing to his love of, of a lizard to have him go back and try to save dinosaurs that are being threatened by a volcano. First of all, <laughs> I wrote on Twitter that I hope that this is just that that's just act one or act two. Because yeah, if, if so that's too. the whole film, that sounds terrible. Like, I don't want like another. For, first, first of all, why 
how come every one of these movie sequels is a return to that same group of violence? Every single one revolves around some kind of return to the same island or islands. And I'm like, well, and I... I excuse that because the whole idea is that it was a place. It was a park where they put these things. It can't happen just anywhere. It can't happen in Texas. Um, like, yes, it can. They were in a place. We're on... Uh, we're on the fifth movie. I'm really tired of movies it's, on the same island. Like the most exciting it, thing it, after it, the like, first prehistoric forest. The most exciting thing after the first movie was the second movie when that ship plowed into that harbor and that T-Rex went crazy in that suburb. That nothing has been that exciting since because we're just going back to the island blah 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 companies trying to do some shenanigans i'm tired of seeing the same retread over and over so so this time they added a volcano on the island great i'm gonna see a whole bunch of cg nonsense jc jc is, is this island your death star is it is yes it okay you don't want to see yes constantly almost the same thing so i went to the star wars marathon i it started at one o'clock in the morning and didn't end until 10 p.m or so the next day so every because you hate yourself every yeah Oh, Every wow. Star Wars movie in a row. Why? Don't ever do that to yourself because if you watch them all <laughs> in a in a row, you're going to no. see Death Star, Death Star, Death Star, no Death Star, Death Star, a different type of Death Star. You're like, Jesus, are they ever going to develop something <laughs> that else? Why am I watching Death Star after Death Star? Like you just get so upset and... This is almost the same thing. The I'm like, is, it's, how it's many times? Yeah, that's the same how many times can I see a movie where there's a new contrived excuse to go back to the island? Oh my god! Please do something else. Like they were teasing at the end of the last one, the <laughs> scientist guy was escaping the island with samples of other dinos, and that Dino the, 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 the company was escaping as well. And they were trying to quote unquote, you know, save this failing park. And they were all leaving the island. Like they were all. So there's good potential for there other. Was, there was so setting. much potential for some other setting, for some other plot. And I and I really Texas. hope that this volcano thing <laughs> is early on, and we do get somewhere else. Like I don't, I I really don't want to be on this island any longer. Well, I'm hoping that we'll be in um the new scientist guy the farmer from babe that guy's house um, james cromwell just because i feel like that's his name um he was a babe farmer <laughs> um i'm hoping we'll be there because i feel like in the first one the original first one the scariest thing to me is when the raptors are in the kitchen because they're mm -hmm. in a place i mean obviously the scene is shot in a great way to to build the suspense but it's scary because they're in a place where you're supposed to be they're not supposed to be there that to me is scarier than raptors in the jungle so i really hope we end up in like his big sprawling evil scientist rich mansion and there's you know dinosaurs in his house because that's scarier to me as established or previously when i said that i could be afraid of dinosaurs in home depot like i want them in a place where they don't belong and I think that's scarier. So I hope we get a lot of that. I'm, I'm optimistic, cautiously. Greg, yeah, that's that's well put. I, I I think we have we have expectations from the first one, the original, and then we want to act like like it never happened with the, net, the the two after that. But now we're getting Ian Malcolm come back, you know. So. I mean, I'm just waiting for the point in the movie where he's going to have his feisty growl, you know, like, the <laughs> I mean, that's, that's going to happen at some point and I'm going to love it. And it's just going to be like me grinning. I like how you call it his feisty growl. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, he, he was, he, he was intoxicated, like teaching, you know, Laura Dern's paleobotanist character mm -hmm. about, you know, like how chaos theory works <laughs> <laughs> the gold bloom spicy growl i like that I, I wanted to be like my phone my phone call no i, I okay greg that that's gonna be my my text noise for you from now on right. it's gonna be right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah so fallen kingdom when the actual volcano goes off i was like oh my god this is so this is gonna be awful like I, I like suspending disbelief as much as 
the next guy, but I don't think exploding volcanoes happen like that. Like, you don't just run down the cliff and run away from choking dust and debris that's first of all superheated and absolutely deadly like like when he got and i know it's supposed to build up suspense when he gets sucked up into the into the like cloud or whatever in in, into the the dust i'm like he's dead Mm -hmm. like my first time it's like he's dead like like no matter how they try to play this one he should be (laughs) dead like yeah and and why why like, are all the dinosaurs running at the same speed? Is a stegosaurus just as fast <laughs> as like a like a gallimimus or something? You're really what? tearing it apart now. Really, <laughs> yeah. Um. So yeah, and then there's all the dinosaurs falling off of the cliff, and the little ball falls in the cliff. And I'm like, even if the ball falls in the water, they're dead. Like that's how volcanoes work. It's like nothing within a hundred mile radius is alive. Like it, yeah. It's more like, dramatic. If that hits lava the hits the water, that water will boil it's, immediately. Yes, like, that's how that works. De- You're cooked it's, in the glass yeah. ball. It's, it's gonna all create over. another island yeah. now. I'm like, ah. they're dead. Like all of them are dead. Like if you're outside when a volcano happens, and you can literally look up and look at it, you're dead. <laughs> but. You're not running fast. But enough. you know, and then there's that scene where apparently they're gonna be because there's the other scene where they're inside some facility and there's lava dripping and there's another dinosaur that's like snapping at them through all the molten lava do you think that happens before the thing blows up or after do you think they get from the water into that lab and that's lava dripping or do you think it's lava dripping and then they need to get out and they get out and the volcano goes off i don't think one way is more realistic than the other (laughs) they neither one makes sense at all so feasibly so you know Take your pick. Yeah, we'll see. I I kind of worried that this movie is not going to be very good and that I'm going to be upset about it. So I don't know. I was a lot more excited just seeing the poster before any of the trailers or teasers or anything came out. Just when I walked out of the, of a movie and I saw that poster on the wall in my theater, I was like, oh, it's happening. It's it's coming. I'm so excited. And then everything else I've seen has made me significantly less excited. So I'm stepping down from just the excitement of a logo to now I'm like, ah, I mean, I'll see it. But like, I'm I was way more excited before. Yeah, I'm kind of disappointed. Yeah. Uh, totally. Yeah, the the, no. the trailer didn't do much. Like when I was like, there's so much CG in movies now, and I was trying to figure this out because I'm like, a volcano going off should be exciting in a movie, and I was trying to figure this out. I'm like, why am I not excited for this? Like, why does this not ex, ex- like? <laughs> why does this not excite me? And I think it's because CG now. I know when something is um, computer effects, and you know when something's practical effects and when i see that volcano go off and dinosaurs running and him running and i hope you know all this madness going on none of it feels real anymore i don't feel like i'm in a real place and that that, and that's kind of where i like it's kind of where i applaud uh star wars uh when they did like you know Mm -hmm. force awakens i think was good because they shot in a sandy place for jakku they that that uh Anch toe or the the island that mark uh, that luke skywalker's on that's a real island mm-hmm. you feel it's you know what i mean <laughs> you can well, tell the, you know he smells yeah, the, salty he's on the, an the salty place <laughs> that's a real place and like i feel like they're standing on a real place and they're interacting with real things so many times in movies these days and jurassic world fallen kingdom trailer to me i was like this is why i don't get excited about blockbuster films anymore because nothing to me feels like it's happening in any real place yeah and i think that's the the difference now i think that's the reason why i can watch a volcano and feel so underwhelmed yeah no i i totally agree the pictures of the california wildfires are way way scarier than this fake volcano blowing up 100 percent agree I think, yeah, I think you just hit it on the head right there. It's like, yeah, the, the California wildfires are way scarier than me watching some guy running from something that doesn't even feel real. And, I, and I'm yeah. I'm struggling with that with a lot of movies um, lately, especially big, big blockbuster ones. And Well, is it, is it because you want to see Andy Serkis as a velociraptor? Yeah, I want to see him mm. in, a, in a raptor suit. No, I mean, no, there's times to use it. And that's when to use it, when making a velociraptor. But when making an, an island and a mountain, shoot a real island and a real mountain. 
Yeah. Anyway, that's my weird, bizarre thought about it. Are you, uh, do you want to see uh, Jurassic World uh, Fallen Kingdom uh, based on this trailer, Greg? I do. Yep. Yeah, I, I mean, <laughs> we're all going to see it anyway. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I mean, we, uh, of course we like the, the Jurassic World and I, I, I agree with, you know, Lady One's expectations <laughs> of like, is there going to be, you know, something that we just didn't appreciate as much about you know this one as the first one there's gonna be some worry all right um that's our movie news for this week uh do you have any uh final thoughts any final things to say katie um yeah so we're on twitter at scream fix pod if anybody wants to talk to me about ladybird find me there because <laughs> i your have tissues. so many more things to say about this movie bring your virtual so, tissues yeah yes please you can also find us on Gmail if you want to send us uh, an email. We will answer it on our mm-hmm. podcast, and that's screenfixpod at gmail.com. You can find us on iTunes. You can find us on Spotify. You can find us on Stitcher. And you can find us on uh, most any other place that you would listen to a podcast. Uh, we also have a Patreon account, which you can find, and you can donate to us if you like us and that money goes towards uh not only just helping us uh upgrade equipment and storage for podcasts because i have just had to spend more money to up our storage capacity so it does actually (laughs) we have a lot to say yeah it does actually cost money to produce this uh this podcast and uh we want to use some of that money to keep this podcast going for you uh we also have uh aspirations to open a uh a one screen indie theater um so you can help us with that too and uh mm-hmm. screen, screen fix, fix theater. theater and and that's it uh next week we're going to be back with another episode and we'll also give you a bonus episode star wars last year of course, yeah. <laughs>